PM Productions, the podcast, is a platform for creatives and inspiring minds alike. Let's talk about what inspires you, how to find yourself again, regaining your strength, and following your passions unapologetically and wholeheartedly. Each week, we will hit topics about writing, photography, travel, and whatever else comes to mind because when inspiration hits you, you have to ride the wave. I'm so glad you're here, so grab yourself a cup of coffee and let's chat. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, happy Friday. It's finally Friday, right? The weekend is about to be upon us. I can feel it. It's going to be a good one. But in today's podcast, I am really excited to talk about this topic because it's the one year anniversary of the Closet Post interlude finally being published and going live. So last year, I decided that I wanted to publish a book and I did it alongside the co-author Alicia May, who is amazing. And the whole process from A to Z was a struggle. I'm not even going to lie to you. It was a struggle. It was a lot of work. And the majority of the struggle came from just like self-doubt and anxiety and literally just being terrified to publish my diary pretty much for the entire world to read. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that process and the emotions and feelings attached to the entire journey of getting from point A to point Z and having it live. So I've always wanted to publish a book ever since I was little, maybe since I was like 14, 15 years old, I had this idea of publishing an entire book of poetry of just like love poems and like super sappy stuff like roses are red violets are blue kind of stuff and I was gonna call it two boy from girl it was gonna be like a dedication to the love of my life and all of the stuff that we went through and maybe a little bit of you know romance and a little bit of heartbreak and overcoming that but you know as you get older you realize that it's not always fucking rainbows and sunshine like Love is hard. Life is hard. And sometimes it's not always cotton candy and rainbows. So I'm going to talk about a little bit about the process of how it all came to be, what my thoughts and my feelings were, how I got connected with Alicia May and all of that stuff. So let's get into it. So I think towards the end of... 2016 I started looking into different versions of how to publish your book so I was looking into self-publishing because a lot of the writing Facebook groups that I was in was talking about how they self-published their book and how easy it was and I also looked into different publishing houses just to really get more information on I would say like an easier route because I'm a perfectionist and if I would have done it myself, I honestly would have never published the book. Like I had all the ideas and I had the concept in my mind of how I wanted to do it, but working full time, going to school full time, and then adding this onto my plate just seemed like I would be carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders, if you know what I mean. So when I looked into self-publishing, Amazon has um, something called Create Space. I think it's what it's called. I'm not too sure. 
but you pretty much just upload your own manuscript you do your own graphics you do all of that stuff on your own and then after you're done then it just gets published on amazon so i was like oh that's an option but i i don't really know much about graphics so i would end up having to pay for somebody to do my graphics anyways And then I looked into a couple of different publishing houses that were online. I think I looked into one called Lulu's Publishing House, um, some other one, and then iUniverse. And I just kind of put in my information to see what kind of information I could get sent to my email or if somebody would call me or anything like that. And I just kind of like forgot about it for a little bit. So I think it was middle of January, I started getting random calls from random numbers, you know, and most of the time it's just like, oh, you've won a million dollars, fill out this survey and you win a free trip to blah, 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 blah. So I would never answer random ass phone calls. So I remember I was driving home from work one day and I got one of those random phone calls and something told me to answer it. I was like, you know what? this could be important. It could not. I'm going to answer it. I'm not doing anything. I'm stuck in traffic anyway, so why not? So I answered the phone and the person on the other side of the phone call was like, hey, this is such and such from iUniverse. I'm looking at your inquiry right now and I was just wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about your book and what the concept is and if you're still interested in publishing. And I was like, wait, what? Like this was a couple of weeks after I had already put my inquiry into a bunch of different websites and I was like oh okay yeah so I have this idea for a poetry book it's called such and such and you know I just wanted to get more information on how the process would work and the guy was like super nice and had a lot of information and he's like okay so I'm gonna send you our different packages and whenever you're ready just hit me back so I got home and I kind of like skimmed over the package and I was like "Mm, yeah whatever And I kind of forgot about it. So then I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and it was still like weighing really heavy on my heart. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look into it. You know, what is the worst thing that could happen? I could just be like, "Eh, it's not for me. Sorry. Or, oh, you guys are too out of my budget. I'm not looking to publish right now. So I went to work and I read it over and it seemed pretty like it seemed pretty simple So I started looking over all of the poems that I had written in like my journals and online and on my Tumblr. Who remembers Tumblr? I literally used to stay up all night working on my Tumblr, like pretending I was a coder and I understood HTML and I would just like design pretty much my online diary with all of my poetry that never, never saw the light of day. It was like literally my online diary. So I was like, okay, whatever. And I dropped it. I never hit the guy back up. I never thought about it. And then I think it was towards middle of January, I was online and I was a part of a Facebook group. It was like for creatives and people who like to travel, blah, blah, blah. And I was in the mood to write. So I went online and I was like, hey, are there any other poets in this group? And I posted one of my poems and maybe like two or three girls hit me back up and they added some of their poems. So I was like, oh, you know, I don't really know that many writers. So we started a little private DM group 
And we started talking and getting to know each other. And I was like, yeah, I've been thinking about publishing a book for the longest time, but I don't know if I'm going to do it. And we talked for a little bit and then I went to sleep. And again, I just like dropped it. I didn't think anything of it. And I think a week went by and I woke up with this urge to just reach out to one of the girls. And she ended up being the co-author, Alicia May. And I wrote her and I was like, hey girl, I know this is really random and I know that you don't know me, but I feel like your work resonates with me and our writing styles are really similar. So do you want to write a book with me? And let me tell you, if I was on the other end of that message and I saw it and some random ass person was like, hey, do you want to publish your diary with me for the world to see? I'd be like, this bitch is crazy. There's no way in hell I would do it. But to my surprise, she was like, girl, let's do it. Why not? Hold on. Let me let me drink some water. So we started talking more about it and I told her about the package that I got sent from the publishing house and I told her how much it was and how the process kind of works whatever I could remember from what I talked to the guy about she's like yeah we should totally do it I just have to gather all of my poems and all of my stuff and the moment she said yes panic literally panic struck over me I was like do I really want to do this like me and this girl I don't know are about to put our entire souls out to the world. Like, what if people start judging us? What if people, like, come after us? You know, I had all of these really crazy, dumb, like, self-doubt thoughts. And so I was like, you know what? I can do this. Jen Sincero said, why not try? So you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it. She wants to do it. So we started talking about that. And I ended up reaching back out to iUniverse and really talking to them. I think I talked to them for a good hour about my concept and exactly what I wanted to do. And before I reached out to Alicia about writing the book with me, I had already had the concept of what I wanted to do, how I wanted the book to look. And of course, I was willing to have whatever input she wanted. And thank God... We were on the same page about everything and we didn't really tweak much of how we wanted the book to look. The only thing that changed was the name. I just had to change it from the Closet Poet interlude to the Closet Poets interlude since there was two authors instead of one. And the way that I came up with the name is really is really simple, but it means a lot to me. So when I was younger, I would grab my journal and my pen And I would sit in my closet and I would write almost every single night until I would fall asleep, literally. Like I would wake up in the morning and still be in my closet. So that's how the closet poet came to be. And the interlude part. So I don't know if you guys listen to Drake, but Drake always has the best interludes. It's like the setup to a bomb ass song or to like something so much better on his album so I've always been really obsessed with Drake's interludes on his album so I was like you know what we're gonna be called the closet post interlude and that is that and she ended up really loving the name so that's how the name came to be and then we didn't want the book to be super long and I personally had over 200 poems that I had written between my tumblr page between the notes on my phone 
between all of my journals that I had kept over the years. And it was, I think that was one of the biggest struggles, trying to find poems that were cohesive and it flowed into her poetry. And it was just, it was, yeah, it was a struggle. And so we started working on that and our first manuscript maybe had like 120, 135 poems each. So the book would have been huge. And we were working on a budget, so we're like, okay, let's cut it down to about 75 poems each, and then we can work from there. So what I did in literally all of the free time I had, I used Publisher to create the entire book. I'm like, the more organized this whole thing is before we send it, the easier it'll be for the publishing house to do what they need to do to make mine and hers vision come true. So while I was at work, I would do all of my work super early in the morning. And Kellyanne, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. But I would do all of my work early in the morning. And after I was done processing all of my pharmaceuticals, I would work on my book all day. I think I failed a class during this time because I was so engulfed and so obsessed with the process of making our vision come to life that I just, I didn't care about anything. I would eat, sleep, and breathe this book. So I literally had the entire layout of the inside of the book already done with her poems and my poems. And for the design of like the book cover, At first, I thought, you know what, I'm a photographer, so I can just get somebody to model for the front cover of the book, kind of like have a concept of them in the closet and recreate, you know, my inner child in the closet writing in her journal. And I was like, that'd be a really good idea. But this was around the same time that R.H. Sin started to come out with his work. And I remember just falling in love with simplicity of his covers. He always had the design of his covers represents the title of his book in such a simplistic way. So I was on Pinterest looking at different glyphs and glyphs are just like little symbols and stuff that mean something. So I found like a cheat sheet of glyphs and I sent it over to Alicia and I was like, Hey girl, what do you think about us just picking out maybe two to three glyphs and having that as the cover? So I sent it to her and I was like, pick out your top five and we'll see which ones we like the most and then we'll do that. So we ended up choosing the glyphs that stand for create, express, and truth, which really resonated with both of us because we were creating pretty much our baby, like our little masterpiece for the world and we were expressing our truths and everything that we have gone through, all of the love, all of the heartbreak, all of the disappointment in life and it just it just clicks. So the design process was super easy from the get-go and I didn't want it to be, um, I wanted it to feel like us. The publishing house had sent over um, a link to like a bunch of stock photos that I guess other authors use to create their, um, to create their covers. And me and her were like, this isn't personal enough. Like, This needs to really resonate with us in order to be authentic and true to what we believe in and what we're writing about for our audience to read. So she does calligraphy on the side. So she was the one that created the font for the Closet Poets, 
We had the rose gold and maroon theme. We had our glyphs ready to go. We had everything. And it was the beginning of March or the middle of March when we finally sent our manuscript over with the front and back matter, all of the inside pages, our bios, everything. Everything was literally coming to play. It was it was an incredible feeling. And I remember getting the call from our publisher being like, hey, you guys are in the final stages of your book. Uh, let us know how many copies you want us to order and we will have the date and everything ready for you so you can announce it. So I was on my way to a therapy appointment when I got a phone call and a message. So the message was from Candace saying that she had gone on Amazon and my book was live. And it was, it was so emotional just to know that all of the hard work that me and Alicia had put into this, into this book, it was finally live for the world to read and to review. And I don't, I can't like, I don't, I don't want to get super emotional right now, but it was emotional. Like I'm really, I'm reliving this with you guys right now, just talking about it. And then I got a phone call from one of my really good friends, Joe, who lives out in England. And he's like a little brother to me and his words of encouragement and just the amount of support that he poured into me was just an amazing feeling. So I was like, you know what? I have to do this with a bang. And Everybody who knows me knows I'm obsessed with coffee shops. So I was like, if I'm going to have a book signing, I don't want it to be at a bookstore because we were only online. So it's not like our book was going live and it was going to be printed and put into Barnes and Noble, which is one of my other goals to get my book into a physical Barnes and Noble. But that's besides the point. Um... So I decided, you know what, it's going to be at a coffee shop. And I had already gone to a couple of coffee shops in Albuquerque that I was really obsessed with. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to write out a message in an email and send it to a bunch of different coffee shops and see whoever hits me back first. And that's where we'll have the book signing. So I ended up just copying, pasting it to different DMs on Instagram and all I would do is change the name of the coffee shop. So it was super late at night when I was doing this big mistake. Big mistake, let me tell you. Oh my god. So I had sent a message to Humble Coffee Shop and then right after Humble I sent it to Brevet Crepes and Coffee, which is one of my all-time favorite coffee shops out in Albuquerque. They're super cute. They serve crepes, they serve coffee, they serve Vietnamese coffee, which if you've never had Vietnamese coffee, I need y'all to stop what you're doing and go get one because it is, it is an addiction. I'm about to get you guys on an addiction, but that's besides the point. So I sent the message to Brevet and then I was like, I'm going to go to sleep. So I went to sleep. The next morning I was reviewing my DMs to see if any of the coffee shops had written me back or seen my message. So I go on Preva's message that I sent them and I'm like, holy shit, I forgot to change the name of the coffee shop to Breve. So when I sent the message to Breve, it said humble coffee. And I was like, you know what? This is it. I'm an idiot. Like I shouldn't have been messaging them that late. 
So what did I do in a panic? I deleted the message and I blocked them. I went to work and I was devastated. I was talking to one of my coworkers, telling her about the situation. And she's like, why don't you just unblock them? Like, the worst that can happen is they don't respond. So I was like, you know what? You're right. Not 10 minutes later, they wrote me back saying how much they would love to host me. Breve is just... I can't thank the people at Breve enough for allowing me to host my book signing there because everything went flawless. They allowed me to have my camera set up. They allowed me to have the balloons. Like it was, it was an incredible, incredible feeling. So I reached out to Alicia and I was like, Hey girl, I'm going to do a book signing. You should do a book signing in Utah where you live. Um, just so you can have all your friends and family there. And she's like, you know what? I have a better idea. I'm going to fly out to you for her to fly out to me. And let me tell you, we had never, ever met everything that we did for the book was online. We Skyped about it. We talked on the phone. We texted, we emailed, we messaged. We had never physically met in person, which to some people that might be crazy because it's like, how are you going to write a book with somebody that you had never met? But just us being able to support each other through this process and how similar our writing styles were and how we kind of had gone through the same things. It just made it so much easier to put my trust and my faith in her. And she brought a whole different aspect to the book because I'm married, but I don't have kids. I've, I haven't been through a lot of the heartbreak and disappointment that she has gone through in her life and vice versa. So we brought such a different dynamic to the book and for us to be able to make it so cohesive was incredible. And when you're going through something like this, it's, it's imperative that you have a support system. Like, yeah, you can be like, oh, I'm going to do this by myself. Oh, I'm strong enough to do this independently. But publishing your diary for the entire world to read is is very daunting it's very you get a lot of anxiety around it because you don't know the outcome you don't know how people are going to react to it you don't know if people are going to essentially look down on you and judge you and I had some people that were like oh you are you scared or are you nervous about what people are going to say and what inspired these poems to be. And I honestly think that's why I reached out to Alicia May in the first place. And I've talked about this on social media posts and I'm not going to lie. When I reached out to her, it was more, it was more of a selfish thing because I was scared and I know she was scared too. So we kind of had each other to fall back on in case we did get that backlash, but thank God it never happens. Like people were really supportive. So the day of the book signing, she flew in the night before and we went over the final details of everything. We decided to have like an open bar concept. So if you bought a book, you got a free crepe or a free coffee on us, which was really cool. And the whole system worked. And after that, we decided to celebrate by going to a random tattoo shop and getting the glyphs of our book tattooed on our bodies and it was a really incredible experience because talking to the guy that tattooed us he's like so what are these tattoos meaning like what are you guys doing it for blah blah and when we told him that this was our literally first time ever meeting and we had published a book together 
his jaw dropped and it was really really cool so we have that like little permanent um, reminder on our body of the accomplishment and the journey that we went through together um so that was that was a really dope experience shout out to alicia may for for literally being my backbone through all this because i had the support of my friends and family and my parents were really proud but i mean their parents are like they're supposed to support you and be happy for you no matter what you do unless you know you're like trying to hurt yourself or something but (laughs) you know um but just having that connection with her i am eternally grateful forever so fast forward to one of my favorite parts about publishing this book so me and connie had shot a wedding for one of the girls that i worked with and i guess she had given the book to one of her friends that was going through a breakup and the girl that went through the breakup and read the book was at the wedding and right before we left the wedding she came up to me and she's like oh my god you're the author of the closet poets interlude and i was like yeah hun And she's like, I can't tell you how much your words resonated with me and how much it helped me through my breakup. And I was just listening to her talk. And I was like, this is why I did it. This is why I went through the entire process, because it wasn't so much about me checking something off of my goals list or accomplishing something. Me and Alicia really set out to help other people feel like they weren't alone in it and when she said all of that stuff I was like the fact that I helped this girl express how she felt without even knowing she truly felt that way it made everything worth worthwhile like if nobody ever buys my book again if nobody ever listens to this podcast if nobody ever leaves a review on Amazon or anything like that the fact that I helped one person get through something that I have gone through and I didn't even know her was the most incredible feeling ever so that was that was literally one of the highlights of of this whole journey and it really makes my one year anniversary feel so special knowing that I have helped so many people feel like they weren't alone in all of this so if you're going through something if you're going through heartbreak if you're having self-doubt if you're giving your all to somebody and they're not reciprocating that feeling or if if you're just if you're just down and and going through it I know how you guys feel I know what it, it feels like to give your all to somebody and lose yourself in the process and I'm always here for you guys if you need to talk, if you need to vent, if you just need somebody to hold you while you cry. I I can be that person for you guys. So that's that's the journey in a gist, you know? So um, if you don't have a copy of The Closet Poets Interlude, I will leave in the show notes where you can get it. You guys can get it in major retailers online like Barnes & Noble, on Amazon, through the iUniverse website. Uh, If you're overseas and in different countries, I know there's a couple different websites that host our book that you can get it. And I will leave all of that information in the show notes. And I will leave the blog post that has all of those links to the different places you can get it in the show notes as well. 
Um, But that's it for me, you guys. I hope you have an incredible weekend and I hope your week wasn't too stressful. I will talk to you guys in the next podcast. I love you so much. Bye.